Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. Welcome to Authentic Influence Live. It's Anthony Chansamu from Simple Creative Marketing. And today we are going to be talking about why uh, customer-centric marketing is no longer an option for business. All right. So, uh, and the person we're going to talk to about it is going to be uh, Natalie uh, Goulet from HubSpot. Uh, she's a marketing manager there. And Natalie is an experienced, strategic, and passionate marketing professional. That's my kind of peeps. Uh, we will focus on marketing strategy, social media, uh, digital, and customer marketing. All right. So um, she's been working with HubSpot on team working skills, experience in inbound, inbound marketing. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about inbounds in this conversation uh, and uh, various strategies around customer adv- advocacy, customer retention, um, and initiatives in the B2B space. Uh, and also, we're going to talk about content marketing and case studies. All right. So, uh, Natalie's based in Greater Atlanta area. I've actually had the privilege and honor to uh, spend some time over there. Uh, so, I know what it's like. Actually, I'm, I've got a funny story and I'll bring Natalie on in a second. And we'll talk about that. Um, but you know what? Let's bring Natalie on because she's the guest and that's the person we want to really hear from. So, welcome to the show, Natalie. Hi. <laughs> All right. So, let me just uh, check who's uh, okay we've got some people on live on as well that's awesome so if you're on live with us welcome if you're listening to the recording or the podcast welcome uh we are talking about customer centric marketing um and, and really uh before we get into that natalie can you just give us a bit of background as to your story like how did you get into marketing um you know where, <laughs> where were you before you were a hub spotter <laughs> like what was going on oh wow okay we're gonna make this very quick <laughs> um, so I got into marketing full time in 2015. So I um, studied uh, marketing in my graduate school program here in the United States. Well, I was overseas at some point, one time, um, some time in China, some time in India, and I graduated, moved back to my hometown of Atlanta, and I started marketing in a software as a service B two B company at. Um, in Atlanta in 2015. And I started my customer marketing journey then. I didn't know about customer marketing. I just knew I had to do it. I didn't really understand customer advocacy. I just knew that I had to do it. So I really started my journey there. And then um, I went through a couple different industries. I went to manufacturing, I went to consulting, and then I ended up back in B2B and in SaaS. So my last company before this, I was doing customer marketing again, and it was a small company here in Atlanta, but I did a larger gamut. So I didn't do just case studies. I did customer reviews online. I also did references. I did customer videos. So some, some more case studies, but I also did customer events online. So I did quite a few different things. I've done content marketing in my past. I've done inbound marketing. I've done blogs. I've done customer success stories versus case studies. I've done so many different things, um, to say the least. And so that's kind of my journey in a very, very high level. <laughs> Love it. And I'm sure there's a ton of things going on in between in all those different elements. Uh, what is it about 
customer advocacy that really like resonates for you? What is it about, uh, you know, is there a particular experience that you had yourself that as a customer where you're like, hey, you know, this could have been done better? Or, mm. or is it, what is it, why are you such, um, you know, a, a big advocate for it? Um, and, and why do you feel that in today's world, uh, we cannot ignore being customer centric in our marketing? I love customer advocacy. I love customer marketing. Customer marketing to me is kind of, it's, it's more fun than traditional marketing, mainly because you're building a relationship with a customer, you're building a rapport. And when you are working with them, yes, you're talking about how can you get them to buy new products? How can you get more things out of them? But you build a relationship to create a better experience overall. So I love it because I get to work with so many different people um, from demand generation marketing or lead generation marketing. Unfortunately, you only get to work with the limited people sometimes. Sometimes you only work with sales and enable them through that matter. But in my role, I get to work with the customer success team. I get to work with the product team. I get to work with the sales team. I get to work with other marketers. I get to work with everyone. So I have a wonderful opportunity to build relationships with people. And usually when you build better relationships with people, you do better business, which is why it's so important to think about the customer. Working with customers is going to be crucial and it's going to be the difference between you doing better than your competitor because you have now built a strong foundation in which your customer not only loves you but they trust you and then they're ready to go out and tell the entire world to come and be a partner with them and with you um, through their business using your um, tool so i think customer advocacy is so important because as we continue to look at businesses a lot of times people don't um, really value the fact that we as people, we trust people we know. We trust our peers. We trust their views. We trust their thoughts more than any campaign I can do. And so a part of that is making sure you have all these customers who love you and they're your cheerleaders and really getting that message out. And so I think it's super important. You can't ignore your customer. They are going to probably be your best salespeople, to be completely honest. I, I really sort of tuned into when you said, just your language around how you describe customers. So, and that's very telling because you, you reference them as partners, right? And, and they're really partners <laughs> for your, your organization, partners for your, your mission, whatever is your vision, your values. Um, and um, straight away, I'm thinking of like a company like Zappos, where it's all mm. about the, you know, the customer experience and, and, yep. and really how even they, the way that they, they name their staff it's not staff or team members it's actually partners and i know starbucks has something similar there as well um what differentiates traditional marketing uh, and what you're calling customer marketing so traditional marketing when i look at it is all about what we know advertising is um probably that inbound marketing how do you get people to come in how do you attract them um and i think customer marketing is more about nurturing so that's also why I love it. I always tell people I'm not a great salesperson. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm not a good salesperson. I can't sell you something just because I like it. I'm really good at working with you, figuring out who you are holistically, figuring out what your challenges are, and then problem solving them with you. And I think that's the beauty of customer marketing. Customer marketing, again, sometimes it's about saying to the customer, well, what are the challenges you and your organization are facing? And how can I resolve that for you? That may not be, you know, um, 
upselling you or cross-selling you. That may be downgrading you. So doing what's best for your customer to help them win and be winners is what's going to help you long-term and drive your revenue growth. I know we sometimes think very short-term. We think, well, how can I get more revenue? How can I get more revenue? Sometimes taking a step back is the big way to take three or four steps forward. So always putting your customer first is what's going to be the big differentiator for organizations in 2021 and in 2022. It's not going anywhere. In fact, it's getting bigger. So I hope people are really taking that seriously and no longer ignoring this area. It's growing. It's growing fast. And companies who are not doing it are going to be the ones that are going to miss out. I'm 100% with you on that. Can you speak to the relationship between inbound and maybe for those who aren't aware of what inbound marketing is and, and i'd be very uh shocked if anyone who's listening to this podcast doesn't doesn't yet know what inbound is but uh let's say there's someone who doesn't um so, so let's talk about inbound marketing that's a key philosophy that you know helps what uh, originated and that's gone out there and you know you have all your partners and agencies that, that are really yep. um bought into that as a philosophy um where how does what is it first of all what's inbound and then let's talk about how does it relate to what you're talking about here which is customer advocacy and, and customer marketing it's funny you said what is inbound because i initially thought about our conference inbound in october of this year and i was going to say <laughs> what's the conference it's the best conference you guys got to attend um Absolutely. but in yeah, inbound marketing is um, a methodology that I fell in love with years ago. And so, and, you know, a traditional outbound marketing is when you have your sales teams calling people and saying, hey, let's talk to you about what's going on versus inbound is that attractiveness. So how do you create this blog to your target audience? So when they're searching for a solution to a problem, they may not even know that they have. They're finding you, they're finding your content, and they're just nibbling at pieces of nuggets until you can eventually get them as a customer. It's very passive. And I know some people are like, that's crazy. That's insane. Especially if you're a startup, your ideas go, 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 find people, find people. But this is a different way to where you can attract people to come in um, to your site as well as to you as a customer without having to go out and get all of them. Yes, you still need outbound. Outbound is still very important. But inbound does the work when you are not. Um, for example, like our website is going, we could be generating leads right now because people are like, I really am interested in looking for a CRM or customer relationship management tool. And they're Googling different types of tools and they're doing different things or we're creating this content for businesses and our blog pops up. And they're like, well, what is this? And they go down this rabbit hole. I'm sure people are used to going down rabbit holes sometimes on Google and that's usually what happens. Now, Let's talk a little bit about these case studies or customer stories. I know we're going to get started yeah. on that. So with customer stories and case studies, the way they work, yes, you can put them on your blog. HubSpot has, I'll say, almost 400 case studies on our site already. So um, last year, I think we ended in late 380s, but now we have about 400. And you'll probably notice... I'll get into that a little bit later, but how we are showing those case studies. So a lot of them you'll see based off where you're located. So what you see are Australian-based case studies. I may see something completely different because I'm based out of the U.S. And the beauty is, is that while you're going on this rabbit hole, you're looking for this different content, these different things, you're like, well, what are the customers doing? Is this really working? And so what we've provided are our customer stories where they're saying what they're doing. We're saying the title of the customer, the name of the customer. We're saying what they did. Prime example, I love this case. They're the Australian Institute of Fitness, 9% increase in leads in the first three months. 
So then you can go into that case study. You can see what size business it is, what industry it is. And then you can really figure out, well, what is it that they did? Or what is it about them at a very high level that made them successful? And if your business is very similar to them, you're going to start feeling some type of relationship and familiarity with it. And you're going to want to know more. You're going to either reach out and say, tell me about this Australian Institute of Fitness because I am ABC company and I'm very similar and I want to get an increase of leads as well during the first three months. How did they do that? That is the power of inbound marketing. And that's also how case studies help you do it. And if you also notice too, we have a video there. So some people prefer the video. Video is the way of the new world. But the reason why the written case study is so important is because we all know search engine optimization, and SEO. That's what comes up. So what we have is, is again, we have this case study here, but when you play the video, you get to hear our customers' words. So it's not just something that we threw out there. And as you can see on the side where it said industry and it said company size, and it also says location, Australia and New Zealand, that's where the company is. And what of our tools, because we sell multiple tools, it says that they use our marketing and sales tools. So that may be something your, your business is interested in. We want to look at a marketing and sales tool okay, this sounds great. And we see the industry, we see the company size. This is awesome. Now that you read this case study, this sounds too good to be true. Don't forget at the top, we have a video there. So we have a customer in their own words who've taken time. And I don't know about you all, but it's very hard to get customers to get on video. Video is beautiful, but customers do not want to be on video. They have a hundred things to do. So the fact that we have the customer themselves saying, this is why we love HubSpot. This is what we love about this place. This that is a really good key. Like I said, I love this case study. And we have three metrics. We always try to do three metrics or so within our case studies because that gives a full picture of what the customer is working with and their levels of success. So you have your inbound marketing. So you talked about this. You created this thought leadership engine with your blog. Um, and then you have your case studies here. So after someone has found you and they're like, you know what, I'm really interested in. HubSpot, but I really want to know if they're successful. Right now we're closed, we have holiday, but you're based in Australia. You can see already our case studies in Australia. You kind of know what's going on. If you wanted to reach out, you could reach out and someone will get back to you when we're off holiday in America. Or we may have someone in your side of the world in the JPAC region who can reach out to you as soon as possible and figure that out. So it all works hand in hand, which I think is truly important to think about when you're thinking about your content strategy. That is so awesome. And I'm just like, I'm looking at, uh, you know, you've highlighted a couple of the key elements here, three metrics, video. Uh, you also highlight what tools were, you know, the customer used. Um, and so therefore you're linking directly to those. So that actually gets yep. people into, uh, for those interested, get, getting them into, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the tool pages. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm sure if, if there was education and training involved, you would link to the academy. Uh, the, Absolutely. The, right. Um, and you've got a ton. I mean, HubSpot has a ton of guides, like probably more guides than anyone else on the on the internet right now. Uh, checklists, workbooks, all of that, like just uh, value, 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 value. Uh, and I think, you know, it's just a prime example of that philosophy that you talk about, which is inbound marketing uh, combined with uh, using some kind of asset, like a case study, um, which gives yeah. the voice of the customer. Right. And I think that's so, so smart in the way that's done. Absolutely. And I know here in the U.S., um, 
our case studies are just one way to look at it. When we talk about customer advocacy, I think I mentioned before, now I focus a lot on case studies, but customer stories here are customer proof. Like how do we get the voice of the customer out there? So if you notice in that case study too, one thing that I didn't point out, but I want to point out now is we have customer testimonials, exact quotes from our customers mm. in those testimonials. So it may be a VP or someone else who's talking about either why they chose to go with us or they're talking about why it's super successful, why, what they love about us. And yes, the videos are, are great. We don't have all videos. We have, again, almost 400 case studies, but we don't have nearly as many videos. We just started really building that up. Um, I think it's important to be able to pull out those testimonials too and use them in other ways. So again, using them in other channels, either your social media or somewhere else on your website, like you said, making sure it all talks to each other and it's very valuable. Never underestimating anything. Getting Squeezing as much, I like to call, juice out of the customer advocacy fruit is really important. That's really amazing. I'd like to, uh, sort of a couple of questions. One is around just frequency. I mentioned, you mentioned there's over 400 you know, store customer stories there, um, and you, you're breaking them down by region. Uh, so, what's the do you aim for as part of your content strategy? Is there you know X number of case studies per month, or is that like how do you approach that? So I will, don't want to scare people because HubSpot has a really big marking engine. So when I say a number of how many we do a month, that can scare people. But do understand HubSpot is built to that. Yes, I've been at HubSpot for this year, um, but I do understand that a lot of that has happened because there I'm not the only one that works on customer stories at HubSpot. There's a group of us. So when I say we work on average four to 10 case studies per month, that's a lot. Mm. Um, and that's not even just written case studies. Sometimes that is video um, case studies. That's a lot to try to manage, especially because you have to make sure you get the customer's approval on it. You have to let them know what you're doing it on and you have to make sure you go through that process. That's a lot. That's really intensive. And again, I know that sounds scary because it, my last job and it was a much smaller company, it was local. Um, essentially, um, I did maybe one case study every two, three months. So that's a lot to go from one, two to three months to now I'm doing four to 10. And I work again, I work with a team who works with me on it. I help, you know, source what customers to talk to, what stories we want to tell. But yeah, so four to 10 a month is usually where we sit. But we don't think about just the quantity. We also think about the quality. So when you are at an organization as large as HubSpot, you think about, okay, what stories do we want to tell? That's super important, but it's also important to get some of those big brands too that make your company sound great. So you may have um, saw that earlier, we had some buzzier brands that are household names and we want those stories told too about how we are helping these household names really grow their business. But when we, when we talk about our goals, we don't just talk about, yes, we want four to 10 case studies, but they're all talking about the one area of marketing hub. We also talk about the sales hub. We may talk about our CMS. We talk about all the things that the company has and we do an audit. I think people underestimate doing an audit. Figure out, you know, if you have, and we probably do at, at HubSpot because we started with marketing. We have a ton of stories about the marketing hub. That is our bread and butter. We are like the, I like to call HubSpot the father of inbound marketing kind of. And so because of that, we have a lot of marketing case studies, but it's, well, HubSpot does way more than that. We do, we do have a sales engine. We do have a CRM tool. We have a CMS hub. We have all these different, a service hub. We have an operations hub. We have all these great things. 
But do we have the stories to back it up now? How can people trust us to use these tools if we don't have those stories? So we do an audit and say, these are the things you want to target next. We also talk about the type of companies, what sizes. That's why we break it down and show you because we want to make sure we are really selling our mission of being the number one CRM for scaling businesses. And if it doesn't tie to that mission, we tend not to prioritize it. So I know that's a lot, but um, I wanted to make sure that everyone knows that the four to 10 is not Natalie doing it herself. It is a team of us, a customer marketing team. Our last company, we did maybe one or two every three months. So if you are a smaller organization, that may be doable at the time. And then at HubSpot, we're very, very particular about what case studies we're targeting, when and why. But at my last company, we focused a lot more on the story overall. How do we help your business grow and then telling that story effectively? Uh, uh, yeah, I definitely agree, depending on the size of the, the business. And a lot of our uh, listeners are not you know, 200 people size organizations. Um, and so when you're starting off small, you know, one case study, one case study every six months, if that's doable for you, yeah. uh, you know, like, like, but get in the habit of collecting them because I think that there's tremendous, yeah. like what well, you, you're building this, right? At one point, HubSpot yep. didn't have all these case studies on the website. No, right? no, we, no, HubSpot did not. HubSpot is what, 15 years old this year. Right so on. just understanding, like, that's why I said, I don't want anyone to get scared. Um, if you are a smaller business, don't think you have to do four to 10 a month. That is a lot. I say that as a customer marketer, I, I literally would not be able to do much else in my job. I can't do four to 10 by myself. Even if I did nothing else at HubSpot, I could not do four to 10. And mind you, I do online reviews still. I still do some webinars. I still do some other events. I still do other aspects of advocacy. And I even if I stopped that and focused only on case studies, I couldn't do that many a month. I just couldn't. Uh, well, hundred percent. It, it's a lot to do, uh, and that's why we, we, you know, our clients get us to do it for them, like because they just like, hey, hmm. you know, you guys take care of it. Uh, we just introduce the clients now. Something you said, which is really interesting uh, and shows a bit of insight into your process, is uh, the audit. I like that you're auditing. You know, here, here's the tools that we have. Here's the things that we're selling or, or, or releasing, releasing to the market. Do we have stories that demonstrate um, the impact of of those particular? tools and, and, and whatever, you know, software and pieces and things like that, uh, like the CRM, like the marketing engine. Um, how often are you doing that audit? And uh, from there, how do you go from, okay, we know what the tools are to then identifying these are the clients that we're going to profile and then inviting them to be a part of the process? This is where teamwork comes in. So I don't actually say these are the stories that we need to target necessarily without talking to my product marketing team. And we talk oh. about the go-to-market strategy. I know every year we do one, but we check our performance every quarter to see, did we meet those goals for the quarter? Do we meet, are we closer to our annual goals? Are we on track? But you also have to, again, work with your team. The product marketing team, that is their expertise. I am not a product marketer. I've never been a product marketer. So when they're talking about the buyer personas that they've created, when they're talking about the go-to-market strategy for what we're doing, if we're launching a tool if we've already launched a tool is this are we doing the things that needs to happen i lean on them and then they say well natalie this is what we're thinking we need i also talked to my sales team they're saying well if you want us to meet this target goal for selling this product we're going to need these tools now sometimes the sales team will say we need 50 case studies when they only need five sometimes that happens it's okay though we love them still but, you know, really talking to your other teams and knowing their level of expertise, because I think sometimes companies get confused. They think that 
hey, the one person, this one marketer will know all the marketing things. And that's just not the case. I'm a customer marketer. I will tell you about the stories. I'll tell you what makes the stories. I'll tell you all those good things. I may even measure the stories, but I'm probably not going to tell you, okay, we need to have this amount of stories to meet these go-to-market strategies to target these buyer personas and create the buyer personas because I didn't create the buyer personas. I didn't create the go-to-market strategy. I won't be able to necessarily do that. So I will say we look at, we we take them every year because it's what, November now. We've been looking at our goals for our go-to-market strategy for next year, along with leadership, product marketing will do their part. And then we will set our goals and then we will look at them. We do report outs every month too, don't get me wrong. But in terms mm -hmm. of an audit to say, okay, what are we doing? We track that every quarter, a little bit more detailed to see if we're on track to meet those annual goals. Um, and so between a month to quarterly, to annually, I think is really good notes to think about. Again, if you're a smaller organization, you may cannot do that. You may can't track it as much as HubSpot. Sometimes we even have challenges. It just happens. Um, I would say at least try to do quarterly, that's four times a year. And then that annual one will be a part of your quarterly look back too. So try to do it at least four times a year. We sometimes do it a little bit more often because again, I will track it every month. We'll do a small readout and then do a quarterly one and then we'll do an annual one. So we're doing it multiple times a year, but don't, don't be afraid to just only do it four times a year. I don't yeah, want to get overwhelmed. <laughs> People are like freaking out. No, it's all right. I think it's, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Because of the size of your organization, but it shows, you know, uh, the key, takeaway I'm getting from this is it's good for you to plan in advance. Okay, well, what are the products or services that we're trying to release or go to market over the course of the year, uh, the year ahead, uh, and then look at, okay, you know, are we, um, you know, is our content, and this comes back to your, your broader content strategy, uh, but, yeah. you know, is the content actually speaking to to those objectives? Uh, what are the, you know, what are the, the clients we need to, or the stories we can share that, that, uh, demonstrate the value of that particular product or whatever it is we're, we're trying to, you know, um, go to market with. Uh, and then let's go collect those and have a system for doing that. Um, I, I love it. Like, I think for me, you know, I'm thinking of a project management system, uh, uh, you know, and just really in there, you'd have your, your roadmap for your products, your product team would have that. And then you would have for, for marketing and content, you'd have, okay, well, here's all the assets and things we need to create over the quarter. Yep. Um, and, and let's go make that happen. So uh, really, really cool. Uh, I saw someone jump in and out. So if you see me getting distracted, it's because I'm seeing people bounce around. No, it's okay. <laughs> I was, was going to say, um, the beauty of, of working at HubSpot, and I think I've talked a little bit about my background before, and I've worked in a smaller company, I can then say, that's why I say, don't feel pressure to do it now because I know what it's like to work in a smaller company. And I was the only customer marketer. I'm very fortunate that I now sit in the, the marketing department, the greater marketing department. And then I sit in the customer and partner marketing. And then under that, I sit on the customer advocacy team. And there's about five of us there. That's just customer marketing for customer advocacy. That's five people. But again, there are people in solutions marketing that's working on customer stories. There are people in customer advocacy on my team working on customer stories. There, I have way more resources now. So that's why the four to 10 in a month of creating case studies isn't going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe there's four to 10 case studies. Like for me, I maybe average one or two case studies a month, like by myself. 
if that, if that, like I did one in October and that was one that I didn't even write the whole thing. I, I did the interview, I took the notes and I sent it to an external vendor to write and to take care of it for me. And then I went through and I edited it and worked with the customer. So I did quite a bit on it, but then I still work with someone who published the case study for me. I will, I work with someone who helped me push the case study out because I think that's something important too. Putting it on the website is not the whole process. Yes, you put it on your website, but in my role now, which is what I love, is I get to take the time to say, okay, guys, everyone, please go check out this case study in the sales team within our large marketing organization. How can you all use this case study in what you're doing? So I would sometimes send it to our PR team. Our PR team says, wow, this is a really great company. I love their story. Maybe this is something we could pitch to the PR. You know, um, our PR reps within third parties, our big, large publications. Maybe they want to hear this story. Maybe they want to interview this customer. Um, okay, our executive leadership team, Yamini, she always speaks. She used to be the chief customer officer. Now she's the chief executive officer. She's always looking for customer stories to share. Hey, here's a great study, um, a great case study about this customer who's doing well. So using your case study in other ways and just plopping on the website and forgetting it is going to be important. And sometimes you're going to have to remind your teams too, like, don't forget this case study is there. Don't forget the case study is here. These are some that will work really well too. So I think it's, it's, it's a big strategy to think about. Just making sure your work isn't in vain is going to be important. Yeah, I really like uh, just the way that you repurpose the asset, right? So you're looking at it and going, okay, here's here's yeah. a digital asset. We can give it to the sales team. They're obviously going to use it in their proposals. They're going to use it in presentation decks. They might do. Uh, I remember going to Inbound here a couple of years ago when we had the mm. you know the live event. Um, and on the stage, I'm looking at case studies, case studies. Like yeah. I'm watching, you know, uh, whoever your representative was at the time. Um, just really um, sharing the stories of customer wins and, and like say, you know that was and even getting them on the stage to share the story like that that was really yeah. uh, just a clever move and I loved it um, and I know it feels it makes your clients feel loved because they're like wow you know I'm getting profiled here I'm having the opportunity to get in front of the HubSpot you know a community um, and, and that's really, really amazing I love what you said about PR reps um, and then also having the executive leadership team you know passing it to them because they want to hear about the, the success that's happening. And I say that team. because that's my job now. My job is to take those customer case studies and make sure they just don't die a slow death um, on the site, <laughs> making sure people know like, hey, look at this case study. Or sometimes people will come to me, now do you know a case study that's such and such? Yep, hold on, give me two seconds. Making sure they see it. And the other part is I get to work on inbound now too and say, here are the top customers of HubSpot. These are the ones I think you should tell. This is kind of what I think their track should be. I get to do tons of cool stuff. So I, I speak from that because that's what I do in my day to day. You're listening to Authentic Influence. Learn the tips, strategies, and practices for taking your influence to the next level. Now, back to the show. And you also, uh, maybe this is a question for the training team, but are case studies used mm. in, you know, when you're onboarding new team members or, um, you know, as part of that, that uh, culture, you know, journey that they're going through and you're mm -hmm. going, well, this, this, you know, these are examples of, of businesses that we support and, and, and what they've been able to achieve, right? Like, uh, yes, how does it, yeah. 
Yes and no. Um, I don't want to speak for the training team. So, yeah, I, w- I will limit what I say on behalf of them. Sure. But I do know that I don't get to work with them quite a bit, mainly because by the time that someone is a HubSpot customer, we would have already drowned them with so much content <laughs> on these are the case studies that you have. So the training team doesn't need to do it. We tend to do it up front. So when we talk about our top of funnel, middle funnel, lower funnel, our case studies are usually introduced, I believe, in our middle funnel. And that's a little bit more on the solutions team side. So, again, I'm very specialized in what I do. So I know a little bit at a high level of when they're used and when they're introduced, but I know I enable so many teams. I get from my purview to work with so many people, but we have our community-based marketing too. And so a lot of times customers can talk to each other and that's how they can use the case studies. Our reviews are probably more top of funnel because they can go find that on their own. Yes, you can look at case studies, but that's usually deeper after you've already expressed that interest in HubSpot. I'm interested in HubSpot, you know, I already kind of know what they do. I've looked at their blogs. Sounds great. But can they really do what I need them to do? They're looking for themselves from a case study versus a quote. It's just like, who are you all? Do people like you all? Are you reputable? And so they may go to an online review first. And so we do different ways of doing that. Like we use customer advocacy. And again, customer stories falls in this whole gamut of online reviews as well because a a quick review is like a synopsis or an abstract of a customer story and so that's why again to their what i said earlier about repurposing content that's super important but i in training not so much because they're really getting into do what i need done for me but i have Mm. had to be completely transparent I've had some customers say, have you done this before for another customer? And so sometimes our our training team will say, you know, hey, let's go figure out if another customer has done it. They may not use a case study because it's too high level. They want to go find a use case story, which wouldn't yes. be necessarily me. Then they would talk to the customer success managers or they would talk to that team and say, do we have a customer where we've done this particular use case and how did we do it? They get way in the weeds and the details more than a marketer would. And that's a really important um, differentiation point that you shared there, Natalie. I think, yeah, specifically for SaaS, because you do have uh, specific use cases that are relevant. And, you know, right. if I'm using the CRM versus I'm using some other functionality, uh, I want to know that that particular functionality works for my business. Uh, and that would make sense. So so you can actually certainly would have use cases uh, as well as case studies, as well as testimonials. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, for, for a lot of what we see, um, you know, some of your customers might just go to Google or Trust Advisor or wherever it is, and they might just leave a review and just say like that. You know, this is my experience of using the, like an independent third party. Um, and for a lot of us, we actually look at those sites, um, you know, yep. to, to, to to get a feel for you know, do I want to explore further, right? So so that's um, they're all good points, and I love that that you've covered those. Um, now we're gonna uh, just I've got a few more questions, and we're gonna wrap up. And I do appreciate you being awake. At, and I wanted sure. to say to everyone listening, Natalie's awake. It's like midnight her time over there in Atlanta, and, and it is uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> so I won't keep her awake anymore uh, longer than we need to. Oh. Um, uh, what's your uh, okay? Uh, so we get people like listeners who, who a common question they have is, you know, how do I find a great marketer? How, how do I find and attract <laughs> someone like Natalie? Right? Like 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 what? <laughs> What's your take on that and, and just your journey in, in your, the roles you've been through? And, and uh, maybe, I, I don't know if you've been in, responsible for hiring, but uh, any tips on, mm-hmm. you know, someone who's wanting to get into marketing or someone wanting to hire a marketer? Yeah. I love this question. This is the easiest question you've asked me so far. 
in terms of marketing um because i've done many talks on it um i'm not sure how often people use linkedin a lot of times people underestimate it i think it's god's gift um to say the least <laughs> i actually got recruited to join hubspot through linkedin um my current hiring manager or sorry my manager he reached out to me and said, would you be interested? And I said, I love HubSpot. I'd be crazy to say no. I didn't say those exact words to him, but in my mind, I was like, heck yeah, of course I want to go talk to you about HubSpot. And that's how I got recruited. Um, I've applied on LinkedIn and then I've also gotten recruited for a couple other jobs on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn is really my personal jam um, in terms of finding marketers, but there are other um, cases too. So there are customer marketing communities. If you're looking specifically for customer marketers in terms of hiring, um, obviously, you, if you're looking for younger marketers, so if you're looking for entry level, looking at universities, of course, that is how a lot of it's done here, at least in the U.S. Now, another thing that we do here, again, in the U.S. specifically, because I want to be very cautious of thinking about how other um, countries work. Again, having lived overseas at one point, I understand cultures are vastly different and I want to be very respectful and cognizant of it. But I do love that about LinkedIn is because it does help bridge that gap a little bit because mm. I have colleagues that are in Ireland. Um, they sent a message um, a few hours ago saying, hey, happy Thanksgiving to our American colleagues. You know, just wanted you all to have a happy holiday. The same with JPAC. We have some colleagues in the JPAC region or the Japan area and things of that yeah. nature. So it's a way to connect. We connect via Slack, but there are communities. I'm a part part of a few customer marketing communities. There's other organizations like Product Marketing Alliance, where there are a bunch of marketers there. They have job boards that you can post on and pay to post your roles on, and you can get a lot of information that way. I know in the US, we have some job boards that are not as reputable, or at least I don't refer to it as reputable, in my humble opinion. Like as a market, I would never go to um, the website Indeed. I just would not go there. Um, for a marketing job, just as an example. Nothing against Indeed, just not what I'm looking for in my career. But if you're looking for a me type of person, we'll be on LinkedIn a lot of times. And that's how you find us. And again, that's how I got found for a few of the jobs on my LinkedIn. Um, I'm not a hiring manager currently. <laughs> That'll probably change at some point. But I'm not currently like hiring or anything of that nature. But when I talk to my past managers about who we're hiring, um, we, we may be hiring soon. I'm not sure um, on my team specifically. But when we talk about that, we talk about like, what does the role look like? So it starts in advance and what we're looking for from people, what we really need from them. And HubSpot is just such an inclusive organization that they talk about like, what are the, the skills that we can teach and what can't we teach? What do we need from this job and this role and how can we go about it? But the last thing I'll also say is it's really huge, at least here in the U.S., I can't say it enough is networking. Networking, networking, networking. I referred so many people to HubSpot. I've really talked them through when I have a moment and say, let's talk about how I got into HubSpot. Let me introduce you to some other people. Um, I've had my um, colleagues in Ireland say, oh my gosh, thank you for referring someone to my team. Mind you, they're in Ireland and I'm referring talent to their team. So really reaching out to one or two people and saying, can you introduce me to someone? I really want to know who this person is. And I want to get to know, you know, find other marketers. We tend to clump up together. You tend to clump up with people you know. My mom is a teacher. She knows a ton of teachers. If I wanted to find a teacher, I know who to talk to. So once you find one or two, just keep asking. Can you introduce me? Go network. That'll be super helpful. So LinkedIn is going to be key. Networking is going to be key. And then also, um, again, just going through that that area and finding organizations like Product Marketing Alliance or Kostora. I'm sorry, that's not the name. That's Crowdvocate. Crowdvocate is a new customer marketing 
um, organization and they have a customer marketing community that people can join. So organizations, LinkedIn, networking. My top Fantastic. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I reckon you could go to Inbound and probably get an opportunity through there if you hang out in that community. I mean, you probably should. <laughs> Just because I'm hoping, crossing fingers, it will be in person because um, I have not gone to um, Inbound in person before. My first Inbound was this last year virtually or this year virtually. So I'm excited yeah. as a hubspotter. But yeah, networking there. There's so many people who I've met. There are other conferences you can go to, but of course I'm going to say Inbound is the best one. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Check it out on the HubSpot website. Um, is, what's, uh, what's, been a, what's been a book, podcast, or resource that's been really helpful for Ooh. you in your customer marketing journey? Oh, gosh, you're going to hate this answer. Um, HubSpot Academy was my friend. <laughs> because <laughs> I, love before, before, I mean, it's the truth. Um, I and I tell people all the time, I say, look, this is not a, a plug that they tell me to say. This is not something I just said. I just joined HubSpot this year in May. So about six, seven months ago, I looked at HubSpot Academy. I got my certifications in 2016. So I was in love with HubSpot before HubSpot became a thing. The certifications are free. They're really great. There are a lot of companies that are looking for HubSpot experience. We are growing as an organization. They tell you the things you need to know. Um, and so I would say that's super important to me as a marketer in terms of those hard skills. So the skills you need to do your job, but the soft skills that I need, I sometimes have to get coaching, which I get through my um, employers. If you don't get them through your employers, that's okay. Um, because you can find, again, these network in these organizations, you can network with people and get the coaching there. But I look at like Google Digital Garage, they have tons of certifications there. As far as I understand, they don't charge for theirs either. But really knowing what area of marketing you want to be in to get those hard skills, you can find those resources. I have like a long list of resources. I know for account-based marketing, there's a company called Demandbase here. They sell um, certifications. Um, I mentioned Product Marketing Alliance earlier. They do certifications. One of my colleagues named Justin, he just got his certification from there. So there are so many resources and tools you can use as a marketer if you're looking for things like that. Um, and then I will say that's kind of been helpful for those hard skills. But for the soft skills, I literally have to network with people within the organization. So within Product Marketing Alliance, within, you know, American Marketing Association, within even my own organization that I founded, I find people to talk to to learn them because the soft skills are not as as black and white as maybe the hard skills are from a HubSpot Academy. So if you want the easy stuff like I did, go to HubSpot Academy, go to Google Digital, Digital Garage, get those certifications and go on. But the soft skills, unfortunately, that just takes time and networking. What's your, uh, I'm, I'm really curious about just your habits around networking. Do you like put that in your calendar and go, you know, I need, I need to network at least in one community once a week? Like what's your thing around that? Or is it more just organic? When I started, I would, I would, I've, I've, I've sat down and I've given people tips on it. I would say when you go on the LinkedIn, I was like, you go, first off, you need to have, if you are looking for a job or you are a job seeker, you need to find the companies that you want to work for, name the top five, find people who have the exact job you want. So you have to sit down and do the research. You want to be a social media marketer for say in Netflix, right? You need to figure out who the social media marketers are at Netflix um, or, and then find your other five companies. Send them a message via LinkedIn. Say, hi, I love, um, I would love to sit down and have a 30 minute chat, nothing too long about your journey. You're not really asking them anything, excuse me, except for questions about them. You're just asking them, well, tell me about your experiences. 
And then I tell people, I said, make sure you rank them. The people you want to talk to the most, you reach out to them first, because in two weeks, if you haven't heard from them, you're going to follow up because I find it very important. The follow up is super important because sometimes people get busy. And then um, if you don't hear back from them, you go to the next person, do the same thing. If you don't hear from any of those people, then you have another list and you continue doing that. I started doing that when I was a younger marketer. That was about six, seven years ago. I don't do it as much because I spend so much time networking with people through all of the networks I've already built. So now that I'm gone on to my career, I get more reach out to me about saying, Natalie, can we chat? So now I have, this is what happens when you get HubSpot, you get a lovely meeting link. And so I send it to people. They just put some time in my calendar and they tell me their name, they tell me their email. It automatically connects to my calendar. And so essentially people can book time with me if they want to talk. So I'm consistently networking all the time anyway. I do it way more organically. But when I started and I was getting out of um, grad school, I was getting out of university, I would make sure I'd send at least one or two messages a week. And then I would schedule in my calendar, follow up with them if I hadn't heard back from them. And I'll try to be methodical, but now it's way more organic. I love that. And I think just having that methodical approach to it when you're starting out, you know, when you don't have the big network, right? Like now you've, you've been right. in the role for some time. Um, uh, that's really useful. And and like how good would it, would it have been back then, seven years or eight years ago, where, you know, if you had the free CRM tool uh, to track oh, these conversations? Man. <laughs> man, if I knew what I knew now back then, oh my gosh, it would be amazing. <laughs> But it's okay. You live and you learn. Um, oh, and that's yeah, why I think it, it's super it. important to, to network because now I can tell people who are coming out of school and grad school what I know now. So then they won't make the same mistakes. And so they will also be able to track that too, which, oh my gosh, it was so bad how I was tracking it. Oh man. Things have Thank changed you. so much in so little time. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, that's when I started on the same, just spreadsheet or even pen on paper in your journal if that's the thing that works for you oh my gosh um, yes that was me with the little paper and the little, and the little sticky notes that i would have on my computer it was really bad it was super unorganized i highly advise you don't do it you miss certain <laughs> things i then started using google that helped me too but the meeting link is my it's my godsend now i'm just like here use my meeting link and now it has it where it says their name says their email address, the time they want, and I block off my calendar because it syncs with your calendar. So if I'm just mm -hmm. like, I really don't want to have any meetings today, it blocks it off. I have no availability. And then I also have extra questions too on there that says, what would you like to discuss? And please provide a brief agenda. So when I go to talk to them, I've had so many meetings where I'm like, I don't even know what we're talking about. But now they are forced before they can book time with me to tell me what we're talking about. And HubSpot automatically sends a reminder email to them, letting them know like, hey, don't forget your meeting with me today. I, I love it. I was I wish this was around before, <laughs> at least, or at least I wish I knew about it. Ugh. You've got your, your personal assistant right there. I love it. Uh, yes. Fantastic. Love it. All right. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. I really appreciate all the sort of just the insights you sure. shared um, and, and just, the, you know, your, the frankness that you have around just the way you speak. It's wonderful <laughs> and refreshing. Um, Thank you. What's, what's one project you're really proud of or super excited about right Ooh. now? Um, a project that I will say, I'll keep it customer marketing related. In 2016, I think I told you I was working at my first SaaS company, 2015, 2016. And I did a customer referral campaign and it was Olympic theme, which was amazing because, uh, yeah, it was definitely 2016 because Olympics were, um, I forget what city they were in. Maybe they were in London. I can't recall at this time, but um, it was about getting referrals. And the reason why I was proud of it was because I figured out what my problem was, why the company couldn't get referrals. The 
reason why my customers didn't want to give referrals is because they didn't want to refer this great tool. They loved us, but they said, why would I refer this great tool to my competitors? Because mm. if I refer it to them, then they're going to take, they're going to basically get the sales. And I said, oh, you don't have to refer in your industry. You can refer in another industry. These are the industries we serve. And all of a sudden I exceeded my revenue goal because I really figured out what the challenge was. And then I also gave them other opportunities to be advocates. I would say, would you retweet this for us? Because they were big on Twitter. I said, would you retweet these? Or could you tweet this out? I would write the tweets for them to make it easy for them. I made it easy for them to advocate for us. And I exceeded that, those goals really well. And I used a tool called Influitive. They're awesome, by the way. Um, and like I said, Crowdvocate um, is a tool that I highly suggest too. And so don't reinvent the wheel. Influitive does require a large budget. <laughs> I will be quite frank on that, but I definitely learned a lot. And my customer success manager to this day, she's awesome. Her name is Emily. I think she's moved on to work at LinkedIn now. And every now and then I still keep in touch with her networking, of course. And I was so proud of that because not only did I exceed my goals, but I helped my customers trust me more. Some of them have reached out to me to see how I was doing, which is still great. So I built a really strong relationship with them. And I was just so proud to not only exceed the goals, but then find other ways to solve problems, not only for my customers, but for my company. So I love that. I love that campaign. It was fun. Amazing. Well done with that actual project. I, I, cause I can relate to, oh my gosh, why aren't they talking about us? Why aren't they sharing, you know, what we do with other yeah. people? And, and you're right. And they're like, but you're our secret weapon. We don't want to give it to our competitors. So I can totally, I've been there. I know what that's like uh, and finding, you know, and, and being able to say, well, there are other industry verticals or other industries that you can actually refer to. Uh, that's gold. Or well done, other well tools. Yeah, totally. Other tools. You don't have 100%. to, you don't have to give this tool, give this tool. And they're like, oh, well, that'll be great. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the best thing about that is you're having conversations with your customers, right? So you're actually understanding what yep. is prohibiting them from taking action, mm -hmm. right? And and something that you know, stands out for me and, and maybe listeners are picking up on is that with your customer centric marketing, you're very proactive. Like you're not sitting there waiting for referrals to happen. You're not mm -hmm. waiting for networking to happen. Like it's, it's actually your your scheduling time and an intention to reach out to people and say, Hey, how are you doing? You know, is there anything we can help you with? Uh, and that opens the door for the opportunities. Um, really. And I, and I really want to leave with this too, because I know we're going to wrap up soon, but there's something that I always tell people with customer marketing, it's about making the customer the hero. Don't think of it as I'm scratching your back. So eventually you'll give me a referral regardless. If they never give you a referral, they're a customer and they may end up being upsold. So when you do let out a new product or a new thing that you can talk to them about buying it, that's still customer advocacy. That's still a win for you. Um, and I think that's super important. So I don't lead with what can I get out of the customer? Let me just be a good customer service representative. And that's everyone's job in the company. I don't care where you work, even if you work in product, if you think about the customer in mind all the time, that ends up ensuring you for success. And for me, again, I'm just here to say, I just want you to shine. I tell my customers that they're like, I don't feel comfortable giving the story. I don't feel comfortable for certain things. I'm like, well, how about we craft your story this way? I work with them because I'm invested and a lot of the customer success team is like this. 
this. And I think that's what I love about HubSpot. We're all the same way. We're like, you know, we feel like we're an extension of you all. We feel like we're in these other companies. So we feel like not only do we work at HubSpot, but we also work at our customers' companies. We're like, well, so we're the ne we're the next team member. How do we get this? Th your goal is our goal. Like we're trying to get you to reach those goals. And I think that's why customer-centric marketing is a non-negotiable. Like you can't do that in 2022. Like it was something you couldn't do before. But I, I mean, with the pandemic hitting the globe in 2020, it just really forced organizations to really be more people-centric, customer-centric, more empathetic, especially in B2B. It's no longer an excuse. It's no longer an option. It just has to be done. Point blank, period. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Natalie, <laughs> you have been awesome. I have one final question for you, and you just mentioned sure. the pandemic. So um, what's one thing that's that's been part of your practice um, to really work um, to help you with your mental health? Oh, I love that question. Um, I have to do a lot better, um, but I lean a lot on my network from that perspective. Um, like I said, I have an organization for marketers that I've established here in the U.S. Um, and so my network, um, we have a safe space for Black Americans. And so I lean on them a lot for my mental health. Um, I have gone to mental counseling with a therapist before, um, and that's helped a little bit. But I'm really good about the small things. So like, I don't know about you all, but I love TikTok. I know I'm a little bit older, but I love looking at the funny videos. They're super fun. I love watching HGTV with the Property Brothers and House Hunters and all of that good fun. So I think for mental health, for me, it's about remembering to find the things that I love and enjoy and really just enjoying them to the fullest, like really getting the most out of it that I can. And I think that's super important, but I work remote. Um, HubSpot allows you to work remote or hybrid or in office, which I think is important. And that's one of the reasons why I left too. After the pandemic, I realized I do not want to go into office. Sitting in traffic was going to be stressful and I'm super happy about it. So I think I, what's really important is finding the things you love. At least I do that. Find the things I love, find the things that make me happy. And then I also work the way I want and when I want and how I want. Um, and HubSpot just aligned with that. So that was super helpful for me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you for sharing. Uh, I can definitely relate. Sure. I'm working 100% remote as well. So I know um, it's those little things and, and those little things you do on a daily basis, yeah. reaching out to your community, uh, you know, finding the things that, you know, doing work that you love and enjoy uh, and connecting with people, which you do really, really well. So thank you so much, Natalie, for joining us today. Uh, everyone, you. please go to, you know, jump over to hubspot.com. You can check out all the amazing uh, content. Definitely check out the Academy. I've done a bunch of courses on there and that's really helped me with leveling up my skills uh, and certainly get involved with Inbound, the conference when it's available for you. Um, and, and again, any questions at all, shoot it our way. And, and uh, Natalie, I think at some point we might have to bring you back uh, and just to talk about some other aspects oh, of customer cool. uh, marketing because it's, it's, I'm loving it. So, here happy to connect um again happy to connect on linkedin if anyone is interested um my name is spelled below so if anyone wants to connect with me just find it i should be able to be pulled right up i think it's just me um i, I don't think there's many other people with my last name on linkedin there is one who may be a doctor in louisiana so that's not me i'm in georgia i'm in atlanta currently and i'm at hubspot so Feel free to connect with me. I have no problem. I love chatting about these different things. And I do have like um, another space where I spoke about how to break into marketing. I'm going to be speaking more about marketing. I talked about inbound marketing on another podcast. So I, I, I do. I try to spread as much knowledge about it as I can. So I'm always happy to help. 
So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No matter the time, I'm I'm actually feeling energetic because I love this topic. I know that sounds weird, but I love it. <laughs> no, I'm with you. We can be on this for all day. So um, I will definitely link to those resources. Natalie, if you want to share any of those uh, with me by email, I'll, I'll include those in the show notes. Sure. Um, and then we uh, yeah make sure that people can reach out to you and, and connect with you as well. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Sure, no uh, please share this around. If you've got some value, maybe tweet us and let us know. And, and I'll, I'll pass the feedback back to Nally or tweet at HubSpot. Um, and, and we can uh, make sure that, that other people learn from, from this experience and, and also the great insights. Again, thank everyone. And we will see you on the next episode. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. for listening to the Authentic Influence podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co. 